It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside ESPN's John Anderson, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. Yes, the best 60 minutes of your day. I'm Homer. I'm your assistant. This is the day of seven two and a half. John Anderson of ESPN because he high jumped seven two and a half while a athlete at Missouri. And I'm just so grateful that I know that when seven two and a half comes on this show, he's gonna go crazy. The old man <laughs> is mad about something. The Packers embarrassed him. Uh, and and what amazes me about Joe Barry, how he can legendary stuff that would be hard. Like, it's one thing for Baker Mayfield to play well, but you give him 158.3, oh, that's forever. I mean, you can give up some rushing yards, maybe 200. 363 last year he gave to the Philadelphia Eagles. When he goes bad, Joe Barry doesn't go kind of bad he gives you days that you will never remember now then we had uh, tommy devito now granted he then had three days in a row three games in a row he was over 100 so what does he do after the packer game in which there were no sacks what he got sacked 36 times and his quarterback rating was like 75 it's hard to do what joe barry does when he's bad all right now to john anderson he chuckled a little bit. Now I know. I've fired him up, oh. revved him up. So we're going to get all that is John Anderson. Take it away. Well, listen, I, I am with you on that. I, I have in all cap letters, bold print, Baker Mayfield, perfect <laughs> passer yes. rating, which is worse than Tommy DeVito practice squad quarterback beating you. Homer, that was going to be my follow-up hoping. question. Which was worse, what that what he made Tommy DeVito into or what he made Baker Mayfield into? And you pick, that should be our discount liquor Twitter poll question. Which is worse, DeVito I'm, or Mayfield? It? You say Mayfield? And here's why. Okay, DeVito okay. had had a nice run. We hadn't seen him before other than when he played against the Badgers. Who knows? He yeah. gets out of the pocket. He runs around. Baker Mayfield has come in and stunk the two previous Decembers. <laughs> Right? Stunk out loud. I was there when he threw four of them to the wrong guys for the for the Browns game. I was there. By the way, nobody blamed me for winning that one, even though I may have lost to New Jersey. Uh, then I watched him with the Rams, and they were pitiful. And then he came in. Tom Brady played in Lambeau Field and didn't put up 158.3 with a Super Bowl team. Keep going. You can name every straight one. Team. No quarterback had ever done it at Lambeau ever. Field, an opposing quarterback. Ever. So it's not even close. Johnny United was I pretty good in his day. Didn't and and <laughs> listen and used to beat the pack. He was tough on the Packers. My dad used to always go talk about him. Uh, and the guy that used to I'd when like I was a kid, to see the top three. How he used to tore him up. Oh but yeah, it, I'd like to know terrible. the top three before Baker Mayfield. Like whose did he crush or who had the highest quarterback rating? Somebody can work on oh. that. The the Homer Hour Institute. So that, uh, yeah, so that one just was, uh, that was a killer. And I, I, I've said to a couple people, I'm kind of hoping that ESPN trades me to the Panthers this week, so maybe I have a shot at being the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. 
Because I'm pretty sure that Mayfield is going to back it up to our boy Tommy. I don't know that well, there's any way. The voting well, is rigged. And let's not. face, you're not going to have to do a whole lot for Carolina to get the award. Right? I mean, yeah. if, if they were to beat the Packers, I would say Young would have to maybe have, what, 100 yards passing <laughs> in order to get the quarterback of the week. Um, you can come through that. And then on top of all that, as it's stinking yeah. and you know it's going bad, we can't even we can't even get the bu- uh, the Buccaneers off the field over the last four eighteen and the genius guy on TV and listen I'm one of the genius guys on TV so I can make fun fourth and two they're going to go for it he goes boy what a gutsy call here are you kidding me I, gutsy? I gave him a pass you talk know about why? your easy money on fourth and two I mean at no this he point, was they, so bored have any interest- can you. Yeah. You don't have any interest in stopping the run on regular downs. Fourth and two with the game <laughs> over. It's just, no, oh, my I, goodness. What a gutsy yeah. call here. <laughs> Please. Yeah. And then and then just to help him in points given up, the guy doesn't go in for a touchdown. I, you know, he stopped. Why yeah. Why do you stop? I, yeah. I, I didn't and understand Because in this case, either. too, right, because everybody goes, oh, what a genius move. Like, that's not a genius move. Genius move is when you're up two and you don't want to give him the ball back or, yes. you, you know, you want to score the winning you're touchdown. You're up two touchdowns, and now you're going to go up three, and you're going to get some yardage and you're going to get a touchdown? I You're costing yourself I, money. The next time yes. you're going for the contract negotiations, they don't go, well, did you score late? Now they, no, no, no. They're just going to see if you had 10 touchdowns yes. or 12 or whatever. Dude cost himself money. was dumb. Now, so in. I have a question for you because I've always lived by this, and I understand that. But the points given up and points scored—that's what I look at. That's the how you decide. Well, I think to be fair, while it's unfair that the defenses don't get credit for scoring points, if you give up two hundred but you have four touchdowns, it seems to me you didn't give up two hundred. You gave up a hundred and whatever. But I'm really thinking of before I figure out where they finish that I have to add seven points because they—that's <laughs> seven more they scored, right? I mean, there's no. This doesn't make I just any feel sense. like over, no. over the course right. of the season, I feel like those Didn't wash out most times. Yeah, they wash you know? out. I mean, I guess it I can say you, if you give them those, take give them uh, add more points that maybe the Packers would have scored and they wouldn't have lost. But anyway, um, yes, it's. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I just like it's over. This game is over. I don't know at what point uh, they said yeah. the crowd was really quiet at Lambeau Field. Un- to me, understandably so. They were mad. And I'm still mad to some degree, mad that maybe I bought into it, but mad that you play, as you talked about, for two games. You have given us reason to believe how good you are or the appropriate range. You've, and, you've shown your ability. You have shown yes. your potential. Yeah, and then you can't you have, say, no, no, we're not that good. No, we know you are that good because we've seen it. But And then you shrunk from that potential. You showed it to me, and then you shrunk. That shrunk. That's what, the, yes, it was... And I think the Packer fans sat there mostly numb. They're like, I can't believe that the last time we were in yeah. here, we watched this, you know, roll through, and now we are fighting this. They're, what, four and three at home? That's a terribly average home record. Mm-hmm. They should be better. Right. That's part of the reason I thought last week, well, they'll win. They put up a, a, a stinker in New Jersey in primetime, but you're coming home. It's going to be in Lambeau. We're going to have some pride. It's a team that's okay. Like, I, I banked on that. Like, wow, that they will come through there because that's just when most professional teams, quality teams, do that. And then they just they regressed from that. And then all the old habits came back. Um, 
First first drive of the game, they get they score. Not not seven, but they score. Uh, first drive out of half, what happens? Touchdown. Packers score, give up a score. Packers score another touchdown, give up a score. Give like a score. all the old haunts are there. And then, as you said, I am watching, and I have the Packer Packer game on, and I have the uh, I have the red zone on. So I'm trying to keep track of everything. And I keep watching, and they're cutting back. Now let's go see Tommy DeVito. And then every time he's just being mauled by the Saints. <laughs> yeah. So here's Tommy DeVito's five starts. Sacked six times, five times, nine times, nine. six times, zero, and, and seven. Seven, I think. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I think, I really so think, I, this is hard, of all that Joe Barry has accomplished, I think that might be the greatest bad achievement, to not get a sack. With all the, with those other numbers, and by listen, I, I I knew I was not alone in my disgust, uh, but I I hadn't had it laid out to me quite as plainly as you did. Like when they when when the very defense decides to stink, it just stinks wholly. Yeah. It is not it's not kind I mean, of have, uh, they get, they, the other team runs the ball well, and you swear at some point in the game they don't have eleven players. They go where well, they're hiding people. They're there, there has to be someone out there. They can't be nowhere, um, and yet they are. And then a running back who has it. To, but now uh, this is where I, I need your help because they're going to beat Carolina, then they're going to be at 7-8, and eight, and we're going to start this all over again next Tuesday, right, of, okay, now all they got to do is win their last no. two games or whatever, and they're in the playoffs. You're out? No, I don't, I don't think so. No, I'm not out. I just – I, as much as I didn't buy fully until I saw the little X to the left of their name, I, the Vikings, although they have, you know, who got, you're like, oh, well, the Vikings have a quarterback issue. Does that matter? It doesn't. Does, because is that going to deter you right they, now they're from seventh, thinking that Tanner can't come up with a program in the league. Can do it? No, they're seventh in the league in points given up. They have a chance because the other team's not scoring. The Packers are now seventh. And the Bears. The best thing that can happen is if you can get if you can get down to the Bears by ten or fourteen, then you've got that locked in because then you can just roll by them in the third and fourth quarter <laughs> and watch them be the even end? more distant. That's the worst oh. hail mary I've ever seen as far as a failure. <laughs> like, right? I mean, a kid could catch that, right? He's lying down and the ball falls into his lap. I mean, I, I want to make sure I describe that appropriately. Yeah. It wasn't you gotta like be anybody knocked it. it away. I've never seen a hail mary like that in my life. That was that uh, potentially that easy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've seen one where they knocked it down. They had one a few years ago in Jacksonville. Sure. I say a few years ago, like 10 years ago, knocked it down right into the guy's hand, and he still walked into it. But it is, you know, it's a heck of a thing when you literally are not expecting it when they happen to them. So, no, I just think now the whole complexion of everything changes with So you are not – I mean, even I'm, more I'm so, I've been wrong. Even more so, so you than are the saying Jets they will the not team. make the playoffs. You've – You've ruled the Packers out of the playoffs now, or not? I don't I think sure they I make it. I think, and okay. I think because much kind of uh, I, I look at it as the old um, when you watch golf tournaments, you go, "Oh well, I'd rather be six behind the leader and nobody in between me than be three strokes behind and have eight guys to jump over." And I think now there's too many people to go over. They've dropped themselves into what eleventh place. And you've got some too many folks to leapfrog to get over um, that I don't know that, you know, if they can pull off three wins, great. Now, now you get to nine. But I don't know. Uh, I wasn't sure last week nine was good enough. And I don't think nine may be good enough again. So um, I think that becomes a problem being 
that there's you know three or four teams you gotta you gotta win, and now you gotta have other things happen uh, so that you can go. But it, it will it will be like them to go ahead and yep, good win in Carolina, get some mojo back, allow whatever it is yeah. seven points or thirteen, so we're all kind of on board. But um, I think they've shown who they are, which is just not right now in a position where you can trust what you're going to get every week. Um, or if you can, it, it, we could trust that maybe the defense is going to make this really hard. Uh, and what, what I be, and I, and I am torn, right? I, I'm like everybody else, or I think a lot of people, I had sent my texts, okay, I would hope that Barry, uh, you know, is packing his belongings as he leaves the building tonight. But I also don't know that changing it right this thing, right now, if you change it on Monday, okay, he comes out, that you accomplish anything. You, you, you've shown that now you are desperate, that we are willing to, you know, not stay the course that we've had for the first 14 weeks. So there's all kinds of reasons why you stay in terms of continuity, thinking there have been some performances that are okay. The flip side of that, and this is where I'm at, Homer, is that I don't know that he lasts, right? I think he has sealed his fate. Unless unless Matt LaFleur wants to walk out the building with him, I think Barry has sealed his fate. And if that is the case, mm-hmm. then if you're going to do it, then then if it's inevitable, then do it as soon as possible. That's what worries me. I think if, it's in, if getting rid of somebody, if making that change is in a, inevitable, then I think you just do it as soon as that decision is made up. That's what we're, that it's not happening tells me that maybe he survives through this and continues to survive. And that would be absolutely um, flabbergasting to me. That, that, is, that is Matt LaFleur tying his whole future uh, to a defensive coordinator when usually, you know, you tie your future to the first round draft pick. Uh, so it's, uh, I find it murky. I'll be curious to hear what uh, maybe those that, have their ear to the ground at 1265 Lombardi Avenue more than I do have to say about that. Yeah, Rob Demosky will have him on a bit. Oh, I think there's a, there's certainly the possibility exists that he could do enough to get his uh, his job back, but uh, that's uh, very slim because it would require uh, incredible defensive performance um, probably in each of the last two games, maybe something in the playoffs that they made it. But he, yeah, he's... He's uh, he's pretty much uh, sealed his fate unless he can do something of note uh, in the last three games that is as historic as his negative. Right. And we'll break, and uh, Rob Domowski, we're going to break, and then because with Joe Barry's bad games, again, everybody has those moments, those plays that they just can't forget, and I'm curious what yours are. Mine were how many times on third down where the Tampa Bay had like third and four, and they threw to a receiver who was three or four yards past the first down, and nobody near him. I mean, there was it was as if the defense thought the first down was another t- ten yards back. <laughs> like you can't, and there's no one in front of him. There's no one beside him. He's just there, catches easily, goes a couple yards. But uh, again, the greatness of the badness of Joe Barry is that. Everybody doesn't need to have the same plays. I know yours are going to be completely separate, which is off the charts when you think people can have so many horrific plays that they don't even have to agree on it. Next. 
said it needs an auto body place. You have an auto body place, you have it forever. Maybe even your kids have it forever. And then when anything comes bad, goes bad, just call them up. They'll take care of it. They'll make it as good as it can be. That's Fisco Auto Body. Fisco Auto Body and Forest Home in Franklin. I'm the only one that admits I tell you about them so you'll like me. This is how it works. You go there, and they're amazing. You go, man, they're good. And then you say, Homer, way to go. Helps my reputation. Fisco Auto Body and Forest Home in Franklin. Family business owned since 1931. It's not what they do. It is who they are. Fisco, Fisco, Fisco. To remember the name. Joined by John Anderson, everybody knows him as uh, ESPN. I know him as also seven two and a half. He high jumped at Missouri. He's seven two and a half. Later on, we will have Rob Domofsky, who is sixty eight because he shot a sixty eight three under par in the in the first round of a club championship. Both are not as amazing. They may be more a greater accomplishment, but neither as amazing as Jason Will, the old two ninety one. He bowled a two ninety one game, and I guarantee you. You may know yep. somebody who bowled a 300. I'm pretty sure you have never met anyone who bowled <laughs> 291. And when you ask the greatest bowler you've ever known who has 300, they'll go, oh, that's not possible. <laughs> they'll explain to you why it's not possible, and then I will, you will say. But Homer said, yes, Jason Wildey bowled 291. He's never been real particular to explain the specifics, and he doesn't really have to. All right, uh, back to uh, the Packers' performance uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, I was surprised also. The Packers are just three-and-a-half-point favorites uh, over Carolina. I know it's at Carolina, but I thought for sure it would be five, so maybe Vegas doesn't really believe in the Packers anymore. So John Anderson will now tell us the plays he remembers in the Packers' loss to Tampa Bay. Uh, And, of course, the defensive plays. First off, I am going to, uh, I feel like in honor of uh, your explanation of Wildy and seven, two and a half and, and, uh, Rob DeMott, I feel like Baker Mayfield forevermore should now be 158.3. Without I don't a know doubt. that we yep. can ever refer to him as Baker again. Just don't miss the 158.3. What Joe Barry, <laughs> most people don't know, and you can explain, but I can't, you shouldn't have a perfect score at 158.3 in anything. I don't know if it's no. 160. Don't you think they need to change it? Dumbest thing ever. A perfect score. The perfect score should be 200, right? I, if I don't know what it should be. I just five. And I know we have our metric. 158.3. Our metric at ESPN where they have the QBR, which they tried to make it after 100 because that makes, you know, they think that makes sense. Yeah. I still don't buy uh, entirely how they do that. But, yeah, that somehow perfect is 158. But, listen, water boils at 212 degrees. So, I, I, I don't know. what's It's it's like the Fahrenheit of, of quarterback ratings. So, uh, oddly enough, like but the when offense. You in, just, when you invent it, okay, when you yeah. invent it, then you would probably want to have it something that's normal at the grade, yeah. at the perfection. But, anyway, back Again, to it. I want to know, know what plays. This is, this fascinates me because you're so, the old – now, John Anderson is not an old man, but he has an old man nature to him so that at some point in this game, old man took over and John Anderson went nuts. He's like, I know you can be bad. You just can't be this bad. You can't be – well, I, I told you the one early on, the fourth and two, which just made me chuckle more than anything at the end of the game. The fourth and two yeah. – when they take the time out and we got to, you know, oh, look at that. What a gutsy call. Wait, a, you're like, come on. Are you kidding? That that was that was like secretariat in the Belmont. Fourth and two. That, that was 33 lengths that that was going to happen. So um, I can give you an option that I couldn't. Second and 29. 
Now, granted, it's from the 48-yard line, so it's not like they didn't have to go, but um, you don't want to give up 24 yards on the next play, you know. Second and and 29, you should cut them to like 8 or 10, right? You give them a little, you're playing in front. No, they gave Put him in field goal range. So no, yep. so all of my whole life defensively is always like, can we just get him off the field? So the first one that that just you're like, okay, this is this is how the day is going to go. Their first touchdown is third and six, but they go ahead and get 19 for the touchdown, and they throw it to Evans, the one guy you know they're going to throw it to, right? Like that's the guy that you figure if we're if we're in a bad spot, this is the guy, and he makes the in cut, and so third and six becomes they don't get the first down, they get the touchdown. That annoying as hell. So that's that, that's on the list if we're just going in order. Then in the second half, their second possession, and I thought this summed up very much the whole day, the Packer off uh, the Packer defense, maybe the Joe Barry philosophy. But they come out, they get the ball, there it is, and what do we do? Because they have the lead at this point, and boom, completion, first down, 22 yards. Okay, so that's bad enough. But now the Packers, next play, we sack him. Boom, he's back. You've got second and 18. What do they do? Next play, 21 yards. That little sequence, 22, lose eight, get 21. It just showed that, like, okay, yep, I, I, we, every once in a while we have a bad play, but we are so going to make good plays that this does not and, even right, bother And the How other thing you say is the 21 have? didn't seem that hard. Like, it they wasn't had like eight or ten, <laughs> eight, seven, eight. Plays. I think they had at least ten that were fifteen or more. Yeah. So it was. It's it's almost like it's. Listen, we'll lose eight. That's fine. We're just going to call the play. We we've got these plays that'll just right. get us twenty at any moment. So that one, and then I don't know that anybody can excuse the third and four that ended up as a forty-eight yard touchdown, right? Like if you can't, if that doesn't make you decide that you know you've got to question some hiring and life decisions that you've made, that you turn. Because, uh, again, you get them off there, you still got a chance. It's 27-20. Who is it? Ford was kind of there um, at about, what, the 5 or 10 yard? And it almost seemed like, you know, when you have a pregame workout and guys are stretching and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was down there stretching, and the guy just goes by into the end zone. He doesn't have I to looked score. At, I looked at it again because I turned and I said to uh, I'm a, a guy at work, I'm like, I think if they were playing touch football, he still scores. Like, if it's two-hand touch yes, above yes. the waist, I think he still yes. scored. Perfectly That's really sad. Yards. So that handful of plays, the, the, the third and 19, or the third and six that was their, their first touchdown, that little sequence on their second drive in the second half where they just they dismissed the, the second and 18 as if it was nothing. It's like, oh, well, you know, the penalty went the other way. We got a second and five. This is great. Everything in the playbook's open. The third and four where they scored the touchdown to ice the game. And then the fourth and two, I laughed just because I think it was comical that anybody thought that was a really gutsy call that, you know, if they lock down here, all it takes now is they turn the ball over and then it's just a quick touchdown and an onside kick and another touchdown and we're at overtime. I'm like, come on. I've you know, come to I don't know where the analytics that, people are on that one, that, but I think all the analytics people were like, yeah, go for I, it. Duh. I am going to apply for the job as the next defensive coordinator because that's going to be the greatest job in the world. Whatever you do. Say they score on a 99-yard run by a by Aaron Rodgers, then something and someone they'll go. That eh, was worse with Barry. <laughs> there's, 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 he's got a he's got a free pass. I don't know 
I don't know who's had it. This will be a who's gonna have who had an easier job than the next core defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Where it's the opposite it's of not, you don't want to be the guy that follows the yeah. guy. This is the it opposite. You want to be the guy that follows Mary. Right. The guy is just so depressed. He's crying after a bad game and puts his arm and go like, you don't understand. Nobody's mad. It was worse under Barry. No, that can't be. Uh, you just kind of had to be here, you know. Um, all right, now this is for you, and I'm I'm really glad you thought of this because it does let us escape from just pain. Because you you all you have legitimate questions. You're curious with Rob Domoski, as everybody is. Somebody who's there, just the dynamics of Joe Barry from the beginning. You could almost write a book about you, don't you think? A, a, a reporter could write a book on the Joe Barry era, and I think people might buy it. I mean, to burn it or just just to be curious, like, how did they hire him in the first place, right? See, the I think you could get the book. story of Rob Parker. Is it Rob or Rod Parker, the one who got, who got pushed off the beat because he asked the head coach mm-hmm. who's – daughter married Joe Barry if he'd wished that he'd, she'd hired somebody who was a better defensive coordinator, which in the 0-16, I got to admit, if I'd been in the room, I would have laughed. But they apparently, you but know, don't like, you think what do you if say after 0-13? What? Don't you think if somebody wrote a book on Joe Barry, nobody would pay for it? You'd just go run off with it and nobody would stop you. <laughs> that's, that's a great line. We don't charge. In honor of Joe Barry, we will allow anybody. Now, you can't pass it, though. You can't pass it to somebody. You have to take it, and you got to run out the building. Just go uh, take it and go. Yeah, no one, no right. one will stop you. Oh, you'll go with it. Yes. It's that easy. Right. Oh, Make a donation it, it, to some charity, but you get to run out with the book. But what Not makes it hard, run- then, in, if right. you're hard offensively or, or – both offensively and fandom is you're just like, okay, even you just don't know that you're ever safe. You're just like, okay, this is going to come down and, and here it is again. And, yes. and the question does become, how is it that you could do it in those games against the lions? A couple of things. And even then they made the big, you know, uh, they make the, 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 um, they get Mayfield to fumble. They get the touchdowns. You're like, okay, there's a little momentum to be had. And I've never done this before because I'm um, not. A, but I really said early on, I wanted to call Joe Barry and say, you got to blitz every play because if you get no pressure, it's as easy as completion there is. And when they put some pressure, he had some mistakes or he didn't complete passes. But I never thought of a game where, no, you, you need to blitz every play. Because if you don't, he's just completing these incredibly easy passes. We'll, we'll leave those questions, starting with 7-2.5 John mm. Anderson for Rob Domoski next. I have figured it out. Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service. And then I left it out. They've been doing it for over 50 years. That's how you can be that good. I know they were good. Now I know why. Family-owned for 50 years, so they've figured out stuff like level-funded health insurance experts, the confusing insurances, the lack of vision of them, not when you've been doing it well for over 50 years. Again, Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits, top-notch service. Why? Because they've been doing it well for over 50 years and a phone number you can remember, especially if you're a little older and remember Roger Maris. 262-783, Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. And this is a segment that exists because John Anderson said, I want Rob Domofsky on my segment and my show, so I can ask him questions. I said, fine, take it away, seven, two and a half. And to be a part of the show, Rob Domofsky told us he shot 68, 300 pounds, the first round of a club championship, a significant and memorable performance. 
John Anderson, take it away. Well, first off, um, I don't think we can shoot 68. The weather has finally turned everywhere. So, uh, Rob, the clubs are tucked away. You're Mm -hmm. stuck covering this. Uh, I I keep thinking of, uh, of President Carter standing for America saying that we have a crisis of confidence. After the Packers' defense stinks so much, like what is the morale of that group and that locker room? Because I can't believe that these people are walking around with heads held high. No, John, it was they were obviously really down Sunday, and usually by Monday, you know, um, the guys bounce back pretty pretty well, pretty quickly. And there were still, I mean, like we got a chance to talk to Quay Walker, and um, this is a guy who. He, I mean, not that all these guys don't take it seriously, but Quay Walker really takes this stuff seriously. And, and he was pretty honest with us, um, you know, about his assessment of where they're at and what went wrong. Um, the one thing he wouldn't say was, you know, I asked him, I said, what did Joe Barry say to you? And, and part of the reason I asked the question was because we hadn't talked to the floor at that point. And I was just fishing to see if Joe Barry was actually still in the building. You know, I, so I, I said, so what did, I said, what did Joe say to you guys? And he goes, well, he did address it. He did talk to us, but you know, I'm I'm going to leave that in house. Eric Stokes kind of um, gave a little bit more insight. You know, talked about the explosive plays and all that. But look, you can we, we you can dissect play after play after play. The big picture is they've got a, a huge problem. Um, it's been a problem off and on. Uh, just when you think they're playing okay on the defensive side, you know, they have a couple games like Pittsburgh, like like this one the other day, um, even the Giants game. I mean, it's just. Um, it's just a pattern that tells you that um, this, is, this isn't working, which is why I got to be honest with you. I really thought Matt Lafleur was going to make a change. I really did, and and I mm-hmm. guess I should. I guess I should have realized that that's just not how Matt operates. But but I and I am not a fire everybody. I'm usually a pretty level-headed. You know, I look at this try, try to look at it even-handedly. But when I left the stadium and finished my story on Sunday night. I came home and I wrote my Joe Barry has been fired, you know, less than 24 hours after uh, the game story. I mean, literally, I had it all ready to go. I woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning, which for me is early. I am not an early morning guy. And I started making some some phone calls and some texts. And I quickly realized that I could go back to bed because they weren't firing him, or at least it didn't seem that way. And um, so I have that story sitting there. I mean, I'm probably going to dust it off in, in three weeks. Uh, but I'll have to change, you know, uh, change the lead a little bit because they didn't fire him t- less than 24 hours after what happened on Sunday. Now, you guys asked great questions, but no one asked. But I admit, I don't think I could have asked. So why didn't you fire him? Yeah, that's a great. <laughs> they didn't I mean, put it that way, right? No one asked yeah, it no, that we, direct. Yeah, no, we didn't. And, and, you're, and you're right. Uh, that, that would be, and, and I like blunt questions. I'm not, I'm not the, of the Wildy school where I like to preface everything. Right. Uh, you know, by with with this reading reading a quote back to you or or you know it's like the the uh, the scene in A Few Good Men. Do you need me to have it read back to you? I don't need to have it read back to me. I know what I said, but um, you know, I, and I think that would be a, would have been a really good one. Now he did kind of head it off by saying, if I thought that was the right course of action, I would have done it. Right? I mean, he sort of like tried to answer the question before it came up. And and look, Matt, I, I actually thought Matt did a pretty good job. In, in at least handling it, not necessarily explaining it, but I thought he actually handled it pretty well because he knows. I mean, you know, the, the Jason Waller is the PR guy, I guarantee you, sits him down five minutes before they're, he's going to go to the podium and said, look, you're going to get asked this, 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 and this. And the thing went like 11, 12 minutes, and all but like two questions were about Joe Barry and the defense. 
Yeah, and I, I feel like I could handle that job for for uh, LaFleur because I would have said, he should have said, look, it, we've had a couple of terrible games, but over the course, the, up until then, we were, uh, you know, above, we were doing fine. So if if it was bad for a team, they were 11th in the league in points given. I mean, they were, that's not a yeah. made-up stat. That's a stat. Now they've gone from 11th to 17th, but he could have said, look at this, this is terrible, but the court, yeah. the season hasn't been terrible, and... I'm not firing somebody after two bad games when the first after, twelve were okay. Yeah. That's, after that's Kansas easy. City, they were they were ninth, I think, in scoring. Yes, that's after correct. Kansas City. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and I mean, but like, anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, and I always love the the, the offensive head coaches who say, "Well, I'm going to be more involved in it now." Well, if, if, if why weren't you more involved in it before? You know, it was like like Favre always used to say, like Favre would get mad when players would say, "Oh, this is a big game. You know, I got to put extra preparation in." Well, why weren't you putting the prep that that extra preparation in before? So, you know, last year when we asked at the end of last year, we asked Matt Lafleur um, about you know play calling and would you would do you think maybe as the head coach you need to spend more time in some of the areas that you were deficient at? And he did not close the door on it. And the only reason I bring that up is because Homer, like I think that's a question that might need to be revisited here after the season because now it's going to be, assuming it's two years in a row without the playoffs, and it's not over yet. They could, I could easily see a scenario in which they win out. But let's just assume for a second that they don't and the season ends, you know, the uh, January 9th or whatever that Monday is. Um, you know, I think he's going to be asked, and, and, and I think he should be asked. You know, last year, Matt, you, you didn't close the door on you calling the offensive plays. Um, have you given it any more thought? And and mm-hmm. maybe you need to be maybe you need to be more of a CEO head coach so that you know these other areas um, you know that that but, seem to but be. But Rob, we know the answer to that. He doesn't want to do that. He loves no. what he's doing. Sure. And, and so so did Mike like, McCarthy, Homer, and Mike. Remember, Mike gave it up and he took it back yeah. twelve games into the season or whatever it was. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I totally understand it. But like when you're when you're in this situation where you're you're missing the playoffs two years in a row. I mean, you've got to look at everything. You really do. That's correct. Yep. Maybe right, he was Rob, just waiting for Brandon Staley. He was waiting for Brandon Staley to be available before he he's did not that. Hiring, he's not hiring Brandon Staley. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Why do you know that for sure? Why not? Uh, I just, just trust me on this one. All right. I'm only not going to trust you. <laughs> oh. I'm just asking why. I mean, you. Uh, I, don't he... think that re- I don't think that relationship is what. Some people okay. Well, that's great. That's no. a great answer. Move on. Yeah, that's. I, I was and referring honestly, more to the fact that they blew him out. That the that the, yeah, well, the charges blew him out. And the question I uh, the yeah. the reason I asked that Rob is because of this, is that you sit there and think, okay, if Joe Barry is probably going to be let go, yeah, and it's inevitable, then why do you not do it now? I agree. If 100%. it's inevitable, why why do you stick around for another month? Right, I totally agree with that. If and and here's why. Like if if they were four and ten and they were going nowhere, you know, fine. You just let them play the string mm-hmm. out. But like this team needs something over the final three weeks, right? Like this team needs, you know, a kick in the rear, a jump start, whatever you want to call it, to get back to playing the way they were just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so why not? Why not? If you're going to move on anyway, why not try to save the season uh, by yeah. doing something like that? Unless he looks down that staff and goes. Well, I don't have anybody that's ever been a coordinator before. I don't, right. I don't, you know, this is Joe Barry's defense. Um, do I have anybody here? You know, you can't put a new defensive system in, in six days, right? So, well, like, why, you know, why Kirk, do you think he didn't do it? What's your, 
Why, why? I, I think he I think he has a hard time firing people. I really do. Okay. I think and I think mm-hmm. that's a I think that's a major major issue for a head coach. Um, and I think that's a deficiency on his part. I think he has a hard does time. Does anybody with feel it. a sh- Does anybody feel a shift here where we have gone from this is Joe Barry Joe Barry to this is Lafleur now letting it happen? I think there's some of that for sure. Um, there definitely is. And I had I had a couple people tell me over the course of not this week after this happened, but, you know, I think it was after Pittsburgh when it was the third 200-yard uh, rushing game of the season, or maybe it was the fourth. Mm-hmm. I've lost count at this point. There's so many. <laughs> I, I had a person in the organization tell me, you know what, if Matt doesn't realize this, that this is a problem, it's going to cost him his job. So, like, yeah. that's, very, that's a very real thing, John. And, and I, I think that, you know, no, like, if, if he doesn't fire him in three weeks or whenever the season ends, um, you know, then, then I think that's a serious issue. But uh, and to me, i got to be honest with you, I think this is a product of the structure as well. If Brian Gutekunst had, had authority uh, or whoever the GM was had authority mm-hmm. over the head coach, I think there was a decent chance that that person would have said, you've got to make this move. But because mm-hmm. they're on equal levels and Mark Murphy isn't going to do it, apparently, um, it's, it's not going to happen, at least not going to happen right now. Is While you were covering the else? game. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Sorry. I was going to ask why you were covering the game. Were you able to notice that Tommy DeVito was sacked seven times by the Saints? I did. I did. Yep. That, that would put the, uh, the Giants' sack total uh, among all their quarterbacks having been sacked, I believe, at 76 times for the year, and zero of those 76 were by the So Saints. how did they get zero? Now it's even stronger. I think I asked it last you know, week. I asked thing, you the again. The crazy thing is they, they sacked Baker Mayfield five times, though. I mean, like yes. that's – and, and one was a what, right the force fumble um, that turned into a touchdown. Like that, the, that part of it was fine on Sunday. Like, and that's a, that, and that again, that's the problem with this defense is that it's always something else, right? Now it's often the run defense. Like it's often the run defense, right? We'll start with that. But just when you think you've got one thing solved, now you go to the Giants and you can't you can't get after the quarterback. Okay, so the next week you're going to focus on that. And, and you're going to get after the quarterback, and you're going to, guys are going to win their one-on-ones because they didn't blitz really that much against Mayfield. It was mostly four-man pressures. Um, so, okay, we're going to get after them, but now we can't cover. And they weren't covering. They weren't yes. not covering because they were devoting more to the, to the pass rush. They weren't covering because they played soft zone, and, and, and then they had coverage mistakes and blown coverages. Like, and that's the point of this whole thing. It's just it's not just – one thing, you know, there's been years where they, they're, they're just bad at tackling, right? There were a few years ago they couldn't tackle, you know, and, and that's not the scheme. That's not the play calling. That's, you can't tackle. Yeah. This, this time it's everything uh, at one time or another. But then, like Homer said earlier, you get these stretches of three, four weeks, you know, where they play okay. I mean, heck, you look, right. back, at, you look back at the Raiders game and the Broncos game, um, you know, they, they, yeah. the defense did enough in those games. You know, so they just they right. just had not last question because as usual we're way late. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything else about the team that you just want to pass along? Because Joe, Joe Barry has taken one hundred and ten percent of the conversation, but there are <laughs> yeah, other things funny. going on. You know, like somebody yeah. got in a you know somebody had had triplets or somebody got in a car accident. Anything, <laughs> any piece of information because there could be other stuff going on that is relative to uh, the Packers. Is there anything of note? I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, that was it from the press conference. I wanted to ask about Jaden Reed because he had a toe injury, didn't get a chance to ask that. I like, we were just so caught up in Joe Barry. I think what's going to happen tomorrow, though, Homer, is I'm sure you guys saw and talked about the Devondre Campbell tweet. 
We did. Like, that's going to be the topic yeah. tomorrow. Like, what did that mean? And if you're Matt LaFleur, what do you do about it? And we would have that's asked, what? but I'm sorry, it didn't cut the mustard compared to Joe Barry. <laughs> if he, if well, he would have said something about Joe that. Barry. Speaks uh, to that. It's a some way, yes. I'll let John Anderson answer that. Thanks, Rob. Next. All right. Welcome back to the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Looking for lab-grown diamonds? Please understand, they are real diamonds. I can tell you that. You can look it up. Robert Hack Diamonds can tell you that. They sell them at crazy prices. How about two-carat total-weight diamond studs for $999? Again, lab-grown diamonds are real diamonds. Robert Hack Diamonds can get any size, shape, or clarity in the natural or lab-grown diamonds. Don't buy until you call Robert Hack Diamonds. Yeah, I tell you, go everywhere. I don't care. Just make sure you go there because I know when you go there, you'll buy there. More for less. $999 for a two-carat pair of diamond studs. Robert Hack Diamonds, Greenfield, and in Brookfield. Why overspend when you can save at Robert Hack Diamonds for the same exact diamond you're looking for? RobertHackDiamonds.com. All right. Devondre Campbell says he's done playing through injuries. He said it on social media. And now, our now famous fourth quarter two-minute drill, John Anderson of ESPN, seven, two and a half, is going to explain what is going on. Is this reflective of what? Take it away. Well, it's not. <clears throat> it is not reflective of a Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate. <laughs> I, I don't know if this will cost him votes. Uh, if that's the case. But I just think that is, uh, I think it shows a general frustration that everybody on the outside has that maybe it is on the inside. Um, oh. I don't want to kill a guy for that. Um, it's But all it's part of the social media thing, right? Now you put it out there, it's out there for people to d- interpret and debate, and he's got to answer for that thing. But I just, and I think it's okay because as frustrated as we are, I can imagine what it's like to actually be on the field and watch yourself get carved up and then hear people like us hammer on you and think, my goodness, you go to work, Anderson, and you put on your tie and what, did you have to take a cough drop? That was the extent of how bad you were feeling. Like these guys physically really, uh, they put up a lot to get on a field. So I feel bad for them, and I think that's what that is. I don't know that it's anything more than, um, than, hey, we're human, we feel it, it hurts, and, yeah, we know right now we stink, and it's frustrating. It does show, though, that I think maybe there's those frustrations are every bit as palatable inside the building as they are outside the building. And it's my fascination with social media and the impact it has on people, even though, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say to him, don't waste any time. That's one person. The, the amount of attention that players give to one or a couple tweets amazes me. Does that amaze you, or do you just say that's they're not used? It does to not amaze like me. This? No, I've seen right. too much of it. That's why I don't want to be yeah. there. That's why I know you tell me I should. Con- I can control yeah, it, and I don't have to do that. You've yeah. tried to. Exp- I listen to that. I still about. But I think that's that's the power of it, and I think it's also the allure of it to some degree. Do you not think that that's yes. Part of it, you know. That's me. You know, um, that's me. I'm saying it. Nobody's. I'm not misquoted. I'm yeah. not anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, though, I I assume someone has. But while you can be misquoted, misquoted, you're like I'm not misquoted. But can you be misinterpreted? I think in that regard, yeah. it's way easier to be yep. misinterpreted with no text, with no context, with no 
with no um, um, feeling for how it was said or meant when it comes out. And now we get to the final 30 seconds when we find out not what the Packers are, but what your mood is, because that's the only way you could pick Carolina to beat the Packers. If you're so irritated at the Packers, have lost total faith, they can't even beat the Carolina Panthers. I don't they'll beat the either. Panthers. They'll beat the Panthers, but I want you to know. They'll beat the Panthers, but I want you to know I'm willing to fight anybody like Giannis for a game ball. Uh, I want to note that the Cubs have still not spent dollar one in free agency on Craig Council, so take that for all your resources. And uh, since Aaron Rodgers has not been medically cleared to play, does that mean he can medically be quiet now since he's decided to be done for the season? Good. We'll talk to you in training camp. Yeah. The rest you know what you proved me? Quiet. I've now learned about John Anderson, the old man. His anger on one thing can create anger in other areas. Yeah, it's all. Learned so much about you, seven, two and a half. Thank you, and uh, be ready for next week. All right. All right. Seven, two and a half. You believe in the pack now? They've won. In- Enjoy the game. Say hey to my boy Kim English of Providence. I will do that, as a matter of fact. Yes, the new coach of Providence in his first year from George Mason. Thank you. That's not next, but Marquette is soon.